Welcome to another episode of Creative Direction. This podcast was created to celebrate the courage it takes to become an entrepreneur and discover how working artists and creatives are making their way. As entrepreneurs, many of us have the desire, but not the roadmap. Creative Direction is meant to explore diverse voices and approaches to working and making a living. I'm excited to welcome my co-host for this episode, Elijah Teague, who is also our producer and editor. We are lucky enough to have the opportunity to interview Norman Teague. He's a designer in Chicago, and we talk about his progression while working while still in school to his full-on career. This is really exciting because he also happens to be Elijah's father. I hope you enjoy this episode of Creative Direction. It's so surreal to be sitting in front of my son. <laughs> honestly, I don't think we've actually zoomed at all. <laughs> oh, God. Thank you, Ross, for uh, yeah. <laughs> inviting me. You're welcome. I'm, I'm glad to have you here. Uh, this is a very special episode of Creative Endeavor. We're here with Norman Teague, um, Elijah's father. <laughs> <laughs> so this will get really interesting really quick. <laughs> <laughs> No doubt. <laughs> um, I'm actually, I'll, I'll kick it off just to kind of get us started and dive right in. Um, one of the things that actually I've never talked to you about, Norm, is um, how'd you get started as a designer? Did you like wake up one day and you're like, this is, this is what I need to do? Or was it more of a gradual thing? Uh, I think it, for me, it really... I didn't think about design until after I got to Columbia College. Privy to that, I studied drafting at Tilden High School. Um, I was an avid drawer, so um, working in drafting was a little more technical, but the thing that really sort of brought it closer to home and made me feel comfortable in it was my teacher was always, uh, putting me into competitions and telling me how great my, my penmanship was, as well as my line work. And so all of these things kind of pushed me to think of when you're thinking about what am I gonna do for the rest of my life? It's like, I'm gonna try something that I think I'm good at. <laughs> it seems like a good move, right? Yeah. Yeah. Were you considering any other options? Uh, you know, as a young, young man, I thought about dance. Mm -hmm. um, when I started about that one a lot, I know. <laughs> and uh, a lot of my, uh, I had a love for uh, shit, all kinds of things, swimming. Um, uh, but mechanical engineering was like the drafting that I was doing. I wasn't mm -hmm. doing like architectural drafting or anything like that. So that was a thought too, until getting to Harold Washington College where I found architecture. Um, and that kind of spurred me to, to move into that and think about space and think about model making. And then once I got to Columbia College, that's when I met the wood shop mm -hmm. uh, and product design with Kevin Henry. And I was, I was kind of dead set. Like once I could actually make a thing and or design a thing and then make it, um, that was a really powerful moment for me. That meant I, I no longer needed the corporate world so I could be a CAD monkey and just do 
drawings for someone, I could actually be at the forefront and at the end and have this gratification. So uh, I think that's when it hit me around Columbia College. Right. And I got a wood shop. And soon after, I had jobs and projects to work on. And so for a young man, it's really powerful to think about, you know, that I can make my own money. Mm -hmm. I can... Yeah. I can use my mind and my uh, physical labor to complete a job and collect the check at the end of it. Yeah. And for me, that was really, that was strong. So, yeah, that's, and that was, it was nothing more than restaurants at the time um, and a few occasional bookshelves for somebody's home. Um, but that, that was enough for me to make a living, pay some bills, um, feel free. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. So you went after it like straight out of college or were you building that while you I were in college? I was still or? in college. Yeah, I was still oh, in college when I got my first wood shop at uh, the 500 West Cermak building where I actually met the Astro Gates. I met um, um, uh, Fahim Majid. Um, uh, just Tony Smith, like a bunch of really well-known artists um, that were really prolific in, you know, guiding, talking, having a drink with. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, that when you're trying to figure it out, that means a lot. Yeah. Um, that, was, that was kind of something I was thinking of. Some of my, like, earliest memories with you are, you know, going to gallery openings, musical performances, dance shows, business launch parties, all of this. Um, and now, like, I feel like we're at the point where we can't really even walk down the street without, you know, like one of your creative friends running into them and, and you know, <laughs> having a conversation. Yeah. Uh, so can you, so I, I get that you, you met a lot of them at this early age, kind of coincidentally, kind of luck. Um, but can you talk a little bit about how you fostered this kind of creative circle um, and kind of how has this helped your career and how has these creative friends helped you if they have helped you? Well, son, you can you can vouch for it a lot. I I'm always my door is always open to uh, people that need advice, people that need someone to collaborate, people that just need something built. Um, mm -hmm. And so I think the circle kind of it definitely comes from like I'm a Chicagoan. Like I've been here for 50 years. I've I've been in the art circle. I've been in the design circle. Um, and a lot of it is sort of born from uh, soul, you know, I think it's the soul of Chicago. Like I've, I've, I've made it my business to be in the, in the design business, in the art business, as helpful to my community as possible. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think fostering the, the community, I think it's, it's really just A, being a part of it, be supporting it in, in every way you can. Um, and so that's, that's just how I moved. I mean, I started, you know, dancing in nightclubs at a very young age. Um, mm -hmm. And that sort of life leads me to, you know, that's why I could probably sing every song when we go on a road trip. Um, that, um, you know, it just kept me uh, knowledgeable on uh, my city and, and how things move. Mm -hmm. um, 
but also I just think like I've always wanted to bring design closer to my community. Right. Um, so a really big push has been just how do I do what I do in the eyes of the people that I surround myself with. And um, that's sort of helped me to foster a position. Um, I'm hoping it fosters a position as a, as a community member. Yeah. Um, but I also, you know, I make a living as a designer. And so there's, there's lots of people like Ross that I keep in my circle that I really try and learn from, uh, uh, keep an eye on how they are doing things. Um, yeah, and I, um, you know, I got to say that I was like, when I first met you, I was like super envious. It was, you remember when we met? I had a photo shoot and assignment to come like photograph you. And uh, I don't know what I did, but I, I think I freaked you out on the phone call. I was like, yeah, I'm coming down there. And like, you're like, I don't know about this guy. And uh, I get there and like, you're in this like cool ass space. You've got this, like, there's this very attractive woman packing up from a show last night. And she was like, yeah, I'm a comedian and like an entrepreneur. And like, she was like, she had a list of like 10 things that she was and she was super cool. And you're just kind of like chilling. Like, oh yeah, we had like a party at the community last night and like all that stuff. I'm like, I'm like, what did I walk into? Holy <laughs> shit, you know, like, it was cool. But it was like, that's one of the reasons I love kind of in touch with you is like you have like this cool energy and you do have like, you create opportunities for people around you, but it's, it's just something, it feels like it's something you would do anyway. Yeah. You know, you're like, yeah. you're yeah, so cool, dude. <laughs> you know, like, parcel of, of who I am and I, I've tried my best to surround myself with people that would do the same for me, you know? Yeah. Um, I think, uh, I think that's a, a, a great way of uh, growing. And today, right now, I still get texts from people that are just like, I'm doing this project and I just want to talk with you about it. And so it's really good. I think I, I, I like the fact uh, that there's a, aura around me that says like he's easy to talk to and he gives good advice and if that's it, all i can give you then that's cool yeah. <laughs> definitely um but so community right i feel like that theme has kind of been synonymous with norma teague as a designer um to this point um and you've defined yourself as like a pretty local dude um which is something that is that something that you've been thinking about since kind of you were interested in architecture when you're looking at starting to get into design, looking into architecture, were you always thinking, I want to apply this to the community or was it something that kind of evolved just due to your personality and the way that you. Uh, yeah, that's a great question, Elijah. Um, I, I think the community has been sort of, uh, uh, placed into me by my family members, my, my grandmother, my mom. Um, um, and I think that there's a particular thing that I noticed because, you know, I have traveled the world and I have lived on other parts of Chicago on the, on the north side and the mm -hmm. west side, uh, in the coolest neighborhoods. Um, and it's just opened my eyes to see the difference and the and, and how 
I think it just expands upon the marginalization that happens mm -hmm. in, in black communities. And so I guess when I've been sort of educating myself and really thinking about projects that, that matter, yeah, I think a lot of them have circulated around like where I live, mm -hmm. only because I see so little of it happening. You know, when I see new architecture, it's, it's rare that you'll see some, you know, amazing piece of architecture being built in your neighborhood that, that could impact the beauty of your neighborhood. Um, and so I don't think I had a demographic intention, but I always knew that I would build, when I was thinking architecture, yes, yeah. I was thinking about building buildings in my neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I'm really speculating on a lot of that now and thinking about what does that look like when you, when you insert a David Ajay building in, in the center of, you know, 63rd and Halstead, like, what do you, what do you, what does that do for the community? How does it open up doors? How does that space really relate to black space? Mm -hmm. um, how do black people uh, encompass that space? Um, and so I just, I just, cause I, when I grew up, there wasn't as many vacant lots as there are now. So I feel like I'm also sort of observing the systems that play in, inside of urban, urban city, inside of cities. Yeah. Um, and so that's, that's been a real pisser to watch. Um, and so, yeah, I think that. Like there's there's a strong need to have um, community members play a role in in design, and therefore I try you, and create projects that allow for that. Right. Do you do you like that role? Is that something that you would have picked if circumstances weren't the way they were? You know, if or is that something you think you would do either way? Um, I think I would do it either way. Um, but if if I could build a building and uh, Lagos, Nigeria. Uh, mm -hmm. I think I would, I, I would love to do that. Um, but if I could build a building on 51st and Halstead, yeah, I would, I would love to do that too. Um, yeah. So, uh, it's, so, do you I, think there's... I had the vision to look further than my neighborhood until I started to travel. Right. That's cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, traveling, I feel like, is also a really big part. And although you're like the local dude, um, you're also an avid traveler. So I think it would be great if you could just talk like a little bit about some of the places that, and, that you've been, what makes them special to you. Um, and also, how have you brought some of those experiences back home to Chicago? Um, yeah, it's a, it's a thing I would probably be doing right now today if we weren't under the... <laughs> <laughs> COVID conditions that we are, um, but I, I think that the travel is in, inspiring because that's when, you know, vacationism is something else. <laughs> <laughs> because you get this sense of freedom, like in Bali, like I, I knew for a fact when I visited Bali that I would do business in Bali. I would, I would, I would be back to Bali for a longer period of time. Same thing with Belize. I love Guatemala, treated me the same way, but yeah, you, 
you're, 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 you are expanded. Like when you go on vacation, your, your mind is everywhere. You know, you're just imagining, of course, applying the, 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 the beautiful things that you see in these countries, like how that could happen in your neighborhood. Yeah. Um, and so I, I bring back a, you know, I take a sketchbook every, every vacation or trip I take, be it business or pleasure. And uh, there's always moments where you're just, you know, sketching out things that, that you want to hold on to as thoughts, as particular projects. So the 40 sketchbooks that I have around the house would definitely reveal uh, a lot of like my travels, uh, my ideations. Um, but a lot of it is uh, inspired right here in Chicago as well. So uh, in case I don't get to do that, I, I have, I'm surrounded by inspiration, uh, be it music, uh, be it just people that I hang out with, be it on a bike ride at the lake, like I'm constantly inspired. As a designer, I, I think there's a, a mechanism in our brain that, that uh, either reappropriates something or, or takes a vacant space and thinks about what could be there. Oh, I totally feel the same way. Yeah. <laughs> As a photographer, I'm always like, oh, how can I, how can I use that thing? Or, you know, I'm yeah. pretty design oriented too. Like, uh, <laughs> I was in New York and like, there was just these really beautiful, like, security grates for windows they were like this like scallop pattern yeah and i took took that and had that made into like a fabric i was like that was stupid right like where did why did that happen that's such a weird <laughs> a weird thing you know but that's such a cool like mechanism um and i feel like that feeds into like that thing you're talking about earlier about like as a designer like you know having something in your head and then translating it and, and producing it into like a physical object like that's power right yeah, that, goes, that goes a long way man and so that's why i think it's it's really interesting to think about what you know an eight-year-old would do with that kind of power you yeah. know a 15 year old would do with that kind of power a 23 year old with that kind of power and i just feel like it's not as accessible as some might need it to be yeah yeah well i think Going back to that travel too, like when you are looking at all these other things that have come to existence through that process, right? All these choices that these people made in an entirely different context that's made up to your own, like it becomes like this cool thing. You're like, oh, they made a decision to do that differently. Yeah. Like how, do, how do I like reincorporate that and like yeah. twist it and make it into me? You know, like that's a cool filter. It's an interesting thing to enlighten, like see someone's light bulb go off. Yeah. when you really start to think that everything that you come in contact with everything that you you know pass by everything that you set your eyes on there was someone either years ago or recently thinking about this researching this sketching it and always figuring out how to make it better right um and so that that when that light bulb goes off and people realize that that is something that I could do, then it, you know that's that's powerful. Yeah, because a lot of people are still wondering like, what what do I what do I do with my life? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah, that's even that's kind of the point of this podcast a little bit is just to be like, hey, there's 
you haven't thought about this, maybe think about it. Maybe that idea sounds like really appealing to a lot of, a lot of more people than, you know, are actually yeah. doing it. Um, so more questions? I'm sorry. Oh yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I, I went on a tangent. I was <laughs> hard to the left, you know, uh, I, uh, I think getting back to a little bit, um, we kind of touched on the products you do in your community. Can you give examples of things that you've built for people that might not be totally familiar with your work and, maybe tell about something that you might have in the process that if there's, if it's not too secret, no secrets. Um, I mean, I think if I, the, you know, um, what have I built that people might be familiar with? Well, I helped orchestrate back alley jazz, which was uh, a really proud. Oh, good one. Um, uh, we just finished a show at the MCA. Yeah, I saw it. I saw your perch chair there. Yeah. That was like, that was the first piece of design of yours that I actually like encountered. <laughs> it was cool. That was, a, that was an interesting show because it wasn't, it was more about like, uh, collect, taking in other people's collections and really yeah. uh, highlighting that and the, and the narratives behind it. And so I felt like that was, that was a lot of fun because you, you learned so much about people from their objects. Yeah. So that was really revealing in a, uh, a number of ways. So uh, I was really happy to work with the curator, um, January, uh, and Cameron, and Christy. Uh, so that was, that, was, that was a great show. Me and Fo, um worked on and. I think the outcomes are good and I think it's not quite done yet. So there might be more. Um, right cool. now, I just, as far as built things, we just built the silver room new renovation. So that's, that's really good. Um, during COVID, which was challenging. Yep. Uh, and we're working on um, L1 uh, creative, creative incubator, which is at 55th and um uh, the train stop, the green line. So we'll be installing mm -hmm. that next week. And um, what does that kind of entail? That's a retail space. It's an incubated retail space. They've selected three uh, retail uh, vendors to uh, showcase their work. So not just a pop up, but this is actually a store that they will take over for at least two years, I think. And then, oh wow, and they hopefully will grow into getting their own storefront or that's yeah. cool that's really cool oh, yeah it's a good way to get um get out there with some brick and mortar and the university of chicago has created a program for it um so we're building the fixtures and furniture to go inside of there um cool. so that'll be open sometime in august um, and then I'm working on a, a line called to Toby, a collection of things. Yeah. Toby uh, means in the Yoruba language means good, uh, great, huge. Um, and I think uh, we're just trying to create a collection of objects that are useful around the house, uh, aesthetically pleasing um, and affordable and sustainable. 
and good, great, and huge, right? <laughs> That's a good place to start, right? <laughs> uh, these are these are more uh, tables and tabletop okay. things uh, that'll be hopefully manufactured locally. Uh, awesome. So we're working on developing those pieces right now. So when you start something like that, are you do you have the whole line in mind, or are you kind of like one uh, piece yeah, leads to another, or like? How's that work? We have a life of objects that come from to Toby. Uh, some of them feel like they're a part of a family. Uh, some of them feel like they're distant cousins of that family. Um, cool. so I hope that the, the relationship will, will be there and obvious for people to see. Um, and we hope to launch that before the fall. Cool. Where um, where should people be looking for that? It'll be it'll be on my website, and it'll be a shop under the normanteague.com. Cool. We'll put all that in the show notes so people can kind of mm-hmm. follow you and look you up later too, just to see. Nice. Thank be you. Good. Yeah, and so that yeah, you'll be photo- photographing that also. I didn't. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't read the email. Deal. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> so yeah. That's, that's kind of what we're up to. I'm, I'm trying to get uh, some things on autopilot that can actually sort of uh, make equitable space for new things to come. Oh, you mean like have a line like ready to go to kind of generate some revenue? Some that, yeah. yeah, the other cool. thing. Yeah, yeah it's, it's always like a weird balance between like making a living and you know like yeah. doing the cool things you want to do like getting those ideas out into yeah. the physical world you can see the cool things kind of sit at home with you <laughs> <laughs> well that's not a bad uh that's definitely not a no, bad uh, not thing bad. right <laughs> no, no, i love it um, but it is for sale so <laughs> <laughs> we'll put a link in the show notes <laughs> that's it. That's right. I mean, look how well you live with it, Norm. Get <laughs> <laughs> <Right> at home. <laughs> That's very cool. Um, you know, if you had to give some advice to someone that's just starting out, I know we, we've kind of talked a little bit about strategy, a little bit how you're working. You know, what would you say uh, say to someone that's saying, hey, this sounds like a really good idea. I, you know, I like the idea of something in my head becoming a physical object. Maybe I could make a living at that. What would you... Um, I know you mentor a lot of people, so maybe you have some advice. Yeah, yeah. I think I would say um, um. <laughs> Well, I can say that the advice that one thing that you've always said to me is that um, business, whatever you do, make sure that you incorporate business into it in some way. So I managed to find the one art school that has a business major involved. <laughs> um, and I can say that that is insanely like expanded my opportunities I feel made me like a lot more confident to enter the workforce after art school um but yeah I think that you've always had this pretty strong narrative that you got to have a you can do whatever you want but business is also really important so could you just talk maybe a little bit about why you feel business yeah. is such important yeah I think honestly it's it's because you know you know, products can be made, and uh, but products, in order for you to live off of them, need to be sold. Uh, and so I can go in a shop, and I can make shit all day long, and it'll just sit on a shelf. Um, so without having some 
some route to getting that uh, out of your space, if that's what you want to do, right. or at least have this other thing that's supporting your art, um, you really need to have um, some strategy. And that strategy needs to have a level of business in it because uh, I just know a lot of people that yeah. are, you know, kind of linger in starving artists. Um, and I don't think that shit is right. I think, honestly, we have, we are a business. Like you are, you are making yourself a commodity. Decide that the moment that you decide that you want to be an artist or a designer, Mm -hmm. work for yourself you are you are now a, you need to be a commodity you need to be able to sell yourself um and i just feel like a lot of uh a lot of people lack that particularly coming out of the institutions that we that we have today um you're not taught to think about a studio life think about you know the things that you do even when you're not at a nine to five job how you pursue becoming uh, a fortunate artist who, yeah. who makes money and sells their work. So I think right. it's a key component to being successful because yeah, it gets a little, it can be depressing um, and, yeah. and stifling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It can, you gotta yeah. get, get out there. Right, you gotta eat though. You know, like that's yeah. like, yeah. Who it's, doesn't like that? <laughs> it's fun, it's great, like using yeah. those, creative moments to do things, but mm -hmm. the moment that your landlord is like knocking on your door, you know, you got to answer. <laughs> yeah. And have I mean, some for them, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, when I was in school, we didn't really talk about that. We just kind of talked about art practice, you know, and I was kind of fortunate enough to have a mentor when I left that um, really opened up the world of possibility to me that like this guy was like making tons of money. I mean, he was working really hard as a photographer doing high-end commercial advertising work and things like that but like kind of money when you say that i'm just like the average i don't i don't want to get too specific because he's still working right now but um the average <laughs> job the average job that he was pulling down when i was working for him the budget was more than more people make it most people make it a year yeah and he wasn't taking that home but like it was to see that level of production Big numbers yeah people could actually spend not just money to make a you know make a living on, but money to to pay to him, pay me, pay his producer, you know, pay for all the travel and food and lodging. Like that people are willing to pay a certain amount of money because they perceive much more value than the actual giant what I thought was a giant price tag, you know, being a college student, like that's more money I've ever seen in my life. I had like a hundred bucks in my bank account and I was like, You're paying what? You know, but like you like just seeing that commerce in action was like really important uh, yeah. to understand. I think I woke up in uh, 21 with a similar story. I worked for, um, can I say the name? Yeah, I can say the name. I worked <laughs> for 555 International and they are phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, uh, this is not downing them at all, but it was a, a total realization that let me know that design was where I wanted to be. Now I still not have not quite made it to where they are, but I do feel like when I saw the amounts uh, of hourly that they were charging versus what they were paying me, I was just like, okay, 
That was just like <laughs> another, another really great light bulb. I was just yeah. like, that's cool. And it was fair. Like, I, I was happy yeah. with what I was getting paid. That was perfectly fine. I was fresh out of school. I was, I was, you know, talented. And I felt like they were doing stuff I wanted to do. I was, like, working on Burberry projects, Armani, yeah. uh, Valentino, like, these really amazing fixtures and um, – just learned a, a whole, I, I learned a whole lot, but I also learned that I didn't want to work for anyone. Yeah. Yeah. You want to move uh, out of being the assistant to yeah, like man. being the guy, right? That's, I mean, and they were good. That's, I mean, it's yeah. a good company. They, they know their shit, uh, so forth and so on. I just didn't, you know, I was at the point where I was just like, okay, well, I got, I got it. And I don't think, besides teaching, I don't think I took another fabrication project under someone else. So it was. Uh, That's wild. It was eye opening, yeah, no yeah. doubt. We had to make that change yourself really fast. You're like, <laughs> That's it. I'm going to be the guy. Done. <laughs> so, it's, uh, uh, <clears throat> go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. Uh, you're just talking about how you aren't at the level that they're at and you kind of sounded like you that's still a goal that you're looking for so just talking about validation a little bit where do you kind of look for validation whether it's from peers coworkers, other artists um when do you feel like you're going to be like yeah i'm this is where i want to be and i made it and like it's all good now um i think it'll be uh It'll probably be something like a, a solo exhibition. Um, uh, will you be, be satisfied then? <laughs> no, no, let me finish. A solo okay. exhibition uh, in a number of, uh, that might travel to a number of countries. Mm -hmm. um, some group exhibitions. I'm really, I'm really interested in making objects that will be mass produced, uh, that have a level of sustainability to them. Um, but also I really enjoy this kind of free balling that uh, design can offer. You know, yeah. like somebody just like, like we want you to make some, I've, I've done a few commissions and, and they were kind of out there. Um, I think when my work is, I, honestly, I don't think my work is taken seriously. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a, I'm a high-paid carpenter right now in a lot of people's eyes. Um, and I think that I really want projects that allow me to uh, think with um, the end users uh, or think about um, speculate projects that allow me to speculate uh, that might not make any freaking sense at all. Yeah. But, but pay me really well to think about it. Um, freedom. Freedom. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think it, that's probably the best way. Projects that offer me some freedom um, and uh, yeah, room to speculate. Yeah. I hear, I mean, I hear like design is talked about as a way to solve problems. Right. And, are you so you want a higher level engagement in solving that problem instead of like 
Yeah, because I, I get, I'm not a photographer, I, I get a little bit of that too, where like, I'm a very good technician as a photographer, right? I can take, make a picture, any picture you want, really, essentially, if I have enough time and money and resources, done, you know, but like, having a little more say in how it's made, what it's saying, and how that works in line with that strategy, like, that's like, the best part that's why i'm doing a lot of consulting right now because i'm teaching companies how to tell their story through that imagery how they make the images how they craft that that works and that's a really fun process is that kind of what you're you're speaking to here mm -hmm. yeah that's 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 i think uh elijah hit it on the head there's a there's a lot of you know you, you do a lot of projects and you do a lot of projects a lot of the times because you know, you have to pay the bills and this is where your skills lie. Right. Um, and then there's these other projects that just allow you to think, build it, explain it later. Like, or, right. maybe yeah. it <laughs> or never explain yeah. it, right? <laughs> Please give it to us when you're done. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, those are the projects that I would, I would love to be a part of. I love collaborating. So I would love to, uh, a, collaborate with my community as much as possible, but B, I'd like to collaborate with, you know, uh, uh, some uh, someone in, you know, uh, Denmark or Senegal or, yeah. you know, Colombia. Yeah, what is it about collaboration that you really enjoy? I don't know. I think that the story, the story gets thicker. There's a, there's a level of uh, narrative that I feel like goes into, you know, someone's personal work but i feel like when you when you combine those you know and i, I don't i'm not saying i want to i'm not saying i do or don't want to collaborate with another designer but to collaborate with a dancer yeah uh to collaborate with uh, a scientist um and really look at the outcomes that that's are built from that yeah that's cool it makes it more dimensional yeah absolutely and it's fun to like just hear what they're doing you know like i'm always that's always my ammo obviously we're on a, like a podcast about what people love to do right but <laughs> like i just love being like why do you spend like two-thirds of your time doing this thing yeah <laughs> you know? yeah and I would, you know i think the idea of being on the ground like in colombia or in, in senegal uh really kind of wraps emphasis around that collaboration. Um, so I think place is definitely a, a motivator, but also it, it's, it's a layer builder right. uh, in those projects. And so I just, and I just, I'd like to see more black designers in the field doing, doing that. So I, I think the opportunities need to open up more for designers of color, but also, uh, those far away collaborations also make a big difference. Yeah. I mean, I think that just being on designers of color, I feel like as a student, it's almost as like you get stuck in the box of now I have to design for people of color almost. And not that there's anything wrong with that, but it, it's not the same like, <clears throat> experience that you get as a designer who's not of color or anything um and i feel like a lot of your career has been i want to design 
Um, and I know that this is something that I care about. So it's hard for me to not design for this. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I feel like eventually it'd be great if you could just design for things that you wanted to design for. Yeah. I think that's been a thing I've, I've kind of struggled with. Um, uh, not to say, like you said, um, I, I think it's obvious where my heart lies and that mm -hmm. I care for my community. Uh, but it's, it's, it's taken that anything that I do is going to have a black lens to it. Um, and I think that we have a lot of world out there to, to design and to, to, to place uh, emphasis around. And so I think as, as designers of color, I hope that it, it doesn't become a pigeonholing thing for everyone to, you know. <laughs> Are you all right? I'm okay. What'd you get, did you get hit by? Some paper towels, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it fell off the shelf. Yeah. I just like keeping them on his toes. You know, like. <laughs> no, Ross threw it at me. That's what happens when I. <laughs> he was, I saw him fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sorry. you know, we've got, we got to keep him alert. You know, yeah. <laughs> just haze him, haze him the studio <laughs> system over here. That's, that's, how we, that's how we roll at Ross Floyd Photography. Oh, my God. Uh, okay. Is that going to happen again? No. no, it's on the ground now. It's okay. okay. It was like a time thing. Not, not that he knows of. Yeah, not that I know of, at least. <laughs> Sorry, Elijah. So, okay. yeah, I think um, uh, someone said it. Uh, I think it was Ebony Patterson. Somebody asked her, what do you think design would look like in 2050 or something mm. like Or art would look like in 2050? And she was like, I hope we're not still fighting for this dumb shit. Or <laughs> didn't say it like that. But she was like, I hope that I'm, my work is not seen as work of a color, of a colored person, but yeah. just of a person. And I yeah. feel like that is, that is uh, the foundation, I think, of, of what a lot of designers of color are. Like, uh, part of the fight is like, how do we, get in the door and then once we get in the door it's like well how do we get this this black stamp off of our back it's mm -hmm. obvious we we are who we are we don't need to have our work constantly you know be red black and green yeah hmm. or with an asterisk on it you know yeah, like that's exactly. yeah because yeah design's like a universal language even though it, it comes through the lens of yourself so i, I can kind of see you know it, it, you just want to be known for the quality of your work right i mean without having any no strings attached yeah <laughs> no it's a beautiful place to be i think when yeah. when i talk about freedom i think that's 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 a big part of where it lies um mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like a, a lot of this narrative can be started at the, while you're in school, basically. So as an educator yourself who's teaching college students design, do you ever bring not only the lessons of, you know, you don't have to get stuck in your own, in your box or whatever, but you also bring the lessons of like business importance into your design classes? Um, and how do you like prepare these kids for these types of issues? If um, I think, well, 
I, I start a while back, I started to ask students to really uh, create scenarios around like whatever it is they're designing and think about uh, sort of how it would be used from mm -hmm. beginning to end throughout a, a story. Uh, a lot of the times I ask them to actually create a story, like literally from beginning to end, because that when you think about, you know, Jennifer uh, using your, you know, uh, corkscrew, mm -hmm. you know, it really allows you to think about the step by step or picking it up or, you know, opening it up, looking at. Um, and so I think when they can think that through in a different way and put somebody else's face to it, it really, it really helps to identify the quirks that might be going on. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I think uh, other ways are, are just iterations and asking that they really look at what's been done before, before they go and try and uh, design the new. Mm -hmm. um, because the new should improve upon what's already been done out there. Um, does that answer that? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, <laughs> I mean, there's, there's, there's other ways, but I think prototypes also like to hold that thing in your hand and really see how it's going to actively do whatever you're asking it to do. Yeah. Also says a lot and what kind yeah. of uncomfortable moments come along with that. Yeah. It's, it's almost like a design through empathy approach, right? You mm -hmm. have to kind of put yourself in the other person's shoes and see like, yeah this thing lying on the ground or counter is like waiting for you. You're like, how do you approach that thing? You know, if you can't identify it or you, you know, figure out what it is, how can you even use it? Or, you know, like, that's cool. I also like the theme that we keep touching on over and over again is like that to, in order to create value as a designer, you have to make it better. Like that's, I don't know if that's like, um, you know, better is a lot of different things. Yeah. I mean, and it could be just, you know, uh, a feel better, um, a yeah. change in material, a weight, a weight difference, like all of those uh, kind of matter. Mm -hmm. and they all change the, the object in one way or another. They, yeah, they change that story that you're talking about, that experience. <laughs> I'm still weirded out talking to my yeah. son. Come <laughs> <laughs> on. Is he stressing you out over there? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm, just, I'm just amazed at how he's handling it. Like he, he's a good interviewer. I mean, he came uh, in hard in the paint. He's asking the hard questions over there. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am curious about this, though, because it's something I feel like is new for you and your studio is you've added two assistants, right? Two? Yeah. yeah. So how has that helped you? And I feel like that is new for you because you haven't had that kind of help. So you've been wearing all the hats in your business, having to do the labor, the business, all of it. So have these two assistants made like a noticeable difference for it or? Yeah, yeah, I must say it's, I mean, it's a, it's a battling, it's a battle for me only because I am used to it. Now I'm, I'm giving right. away, I'm delegating and I'm, and I'm trusting. I think that's that's a bigger part is like 
And now I'm trusting that uh, these two new young people will care as much as I will, mm-hmm. um, but also uh, feel the compensation like have the, the same feel for design and, and love for doing a good job as I would. And with, with, uh, with time, I think it will get even better. Uh, thus far, these guys are like addition, additional Elijah's and Noah's. Mm-hmm. That's my sons. Mm-hmm. Um, so they feel more like students that I've taken out of a classroom. Uh, and so it's, um, so it's still the education care for me that I have to give attention to. Huh? Mm-hmm. So it's still like an education process that you have to deal with. Absolutely. Okay. Um, just because in order to care like I care, then you need to know the things. And a lot of those things are not, uh, in a book, uh, they're more so, uh, they come from physical touch. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of it comes from uh, making mistakes and learning from those mistakes. Uh, so it's, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a lesson for all of us. Like I'm really, I'm really enjoying uh, laying off some roles so that I can do other things. Right. Mm-hmm. off some of these duties and knowing that they can get it done. So uh, yeah. a lot of trust happening there. Yeah. It's also so like an interview right now where, and work is still getting done like mm-hmm. that. That goes right. along. Another aspect of the freedom kind of, um, if you were to add someone else for your team, what do you think that next position would be? Accounting, another, another woodworker, someone. Business strategist. <laughs> <laughs> Elijah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, he's already invested in your education for four years, so I think there's a little re- return coming, right? <laughs> I'm ready. Got, I'm talking about know your worth, okay? It's a heavy paycheck that I, I got, okay? So. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um. So you think maybe someone with the digital side of it is what you need? Um, no, no, not at all. Um, uh, Daniel and Abire are super, super good at, at digital. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm literally looking for a business strategist that understands uh, the world of product design. If I go and put the efforts into uh, purchasing a booth at ICFF or at right. At Paris Maison, I want to have a pure, solid strategy going into that. And yeah, I don't know if that needs to be someone permanently on my team or someone I just consult with. But yeah. I think there's uh, there's uh, larger formats uh, that I'd like to be a part of uh, platforms. I'm sorry that I want to sort of play in, and I'd like to be ready for that. From a business standpoint, yeah, that's cool. I, I even have very similar things. You know, I want, I want larger projects. I don't know how to get there. I got to figure that out. You You're know? already there. You yeah. work <laughs> magazines. You shoot for like, you know, some of the best 
I shoot for you. I mean, that's... <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, I think, I mean, I look at your work and I, I see nothing but like professionalism. I see, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't see a platform you couldn't stand on. The work is great. Yeah, thank you. And I think that's, uh, that's the gap you and I both are looking to close a lot of time is just, you know, we, because for me, like, when I can tell a story for more people or, you know, serve more people, it, that's when I feel fulfilled. So whether that's, um, you know, getting bigger jobs, like so can employ more people or, you know, doing things like this project right now, we're going to talk to you and get to just tell your story literally, like, you know, like, that feels really good to me. So I'm always trying to do bigger things so I can fund stuff like this where I can do the things I actually really like doing, which is like hanging out with you for an hour and talking about what you love to do and talking about what you're, you're thinking about doing next and what you've done before. And like that story is like my favorite thing. I mean, we would do it anyway over a couple of whiskeys, right? But like, (laughs) (laughs) we we might as well share it a little bit with other people. And yeah, no, this is a great platform. Thank you guys for doing it. Thank you for working this guy. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. I think, I think him, man. I'm learning a lot. He's crushing it. He's yeah. nice to say that. <laughs> no. This is dope for sure. It's really good. But I re- it's really good to talk to you, man. We'll have to um, get together pretty soon in person. You know. Um, yeah, no doubt. Thanks for being on Creative Endeavor. I really appreciate you. You guys are awesome. Keep it up. All right. <laughs> you, got you, you got a Teague working on your side. I mean, you got I know. <laughs> <laughs> And asking the tough questions, right? <laughs> got you. Can I ask a question? Yeah. Ask Elijah a question. Oh yeah, please. Um, so you have a few years uh, put in into design school, not to mention, you know, I've run you racket in my shop quite a few times. Yeah. Throughout your childhood life, and uh, I'd like to know after, you know, you let's just say you're done with Parsons. Yeah. And you probably graduate with flying colors. You get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so what? How are you feeling about this design thing and where do you want to go with it? Well, I think that idea of freedom is something that I've been really interested in for since I started school, basically. I've never, you know, based off high school, I never liked school, really. College was where I first kind of had any interest in the topics that we're going into. Um, so that's how I was able to kind of, <clears throat> I think the interest is what was what provided the good grades. So those together. Um, but the freedom is definitely a scary aspect. I think that a lot of, that my plan has always been to go to a, a firm, get some experience, eventually break off and do my own thing. Uh, but firms have been looking less and less attractive to me in the past two years. I just, it's something about the corporate aspect of it. Um, and yeah, just not being able to push your own ideas and making money for someone else is a little bit not what I want to do for a long time. And I understand that like leaving college, you got to pay your dues. You have to do certain things. Um, but I'm just looking to not to do that for the least amount of time as possible. <laughs> um, and yeah, work for myself or something that I really am passionate about um, yeah. and believe in. Yeah. Okay, cool. I, I noticed that freedom, freedom to you, um, can you expand on what your idea of freedom is? It similar to, um... <laughs> uh, big big aspect of it is I would like to you know just feel 
financially comfortable yeah um and have be able to feel like a, not only the freedom to have make make things that i want but freedom to go places i want eat what i want that type of stuff as well yeah. um but also freedom as in i can direct my design ideas skills and intentions towards something that that i care about is basically all i really want and if i can get paid <laughs> a lot off of that as well then that's a win-win Comfort is not cheap. Don't be afraid to say you want to make a lot of money. That's okay. Yeah. yeah. That can make you a bad person. No doubt. I think certain people with a lot of money uh, can do really good things with it. Mm -hmm. uh, some people can't. Yeah. yeah. Trump, for instance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's just what I've seen is I've seen money as a barrier to people who want have good ideas and who who want to, I mean, look, like even yeah. with some of your ideas that you've wanted to push, it's, it's always that we can't get like the right investors or something like that behind it. Right. Um, and we know that if we did, the world would be a little bit better place, you know? So just the, that money hanging over your head is something that I feel like hold, would hold me back. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah. freedom uh, financially and freedom from a intellectual standpoint is what I want. Sure. I don't know. Carson, <laughs> you're doing all right. <laughs> that was amazing. He's got his shit together more than I did. Going out I was like, oh, Grand, your grandma's going to be really popular. <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> and yep. So, Ross, Elijah, thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, this, is, uh, this is special. I, yeah. I hope that I'll be in, interviewed by my son uh, many more times, but this is a awesome platform that sounds great i'm glad we'll, we'll probably have you on again man we'll see uh, we'll check in on you and see what's yeah, happening yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm glad you both are asking the hard questions for each other that was, that was some good day <laughs> <laughs> dinner you. will be interesting tonight yeah cool well thanks everyone thanks for being all on right. creative endeavor appreciate you all right love you love you too um I'll see you guys soon. Creative Endeavor is sponsored by Clever Editing. The difference between good content and great content is a little clever editing. Providing clever post-production solutions for e-commerce. Get the most value out of your images with Clever Editing. Visit cleverediting.com today.